0: Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Christopher Alam at home in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I greet you all in the name of Jesus. I trust you are all doing well and are healthy and well. By God's grace, we are doing well, my family and I. And I just want you to know, if you have any loved ones, any friends and relatives who are ill, uh, just uh, drop us a note and we will pray for them. We will. And uh, just let me know. And my wife and I, Whenever we receive prayer requests, we pray for everybody and we will pray for them. So just let us know. And so we are here for you to minister to you in this way. Well, we are talking about the subject of the, um, of the power of the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that is our subject at hand. And today, the point I'm going to talk about is that we are talking about the different things that the blood of Jesus has done for us that the blood of Jesus has justified us, the blood of Jesus has cleansed us from all our sins. Now the blood of Jesus has healed us. That is the next point I'm going to discuss here, how the blood of Jesus has healed us. Now uh, I'm reading to you from Isaiah 53 verses 4 and 5, and this is what it says. Surely he has borne our diseases and carried our pains, but he was wounded for our transgressions, He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities, the chastisement needful to obtain and peace, uh, obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. And with his stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. So, you know, when it talks about that Jesus has borne our diseases and carried our pains, um, it says that, uh, then he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities that he was beaten that we might have peace, and with the stripes that wounded him, uh, we are healed and made whole so it says when it says he bore our diseases, carried our pains, that happened when the when those stripes were laid upon his back, and it says it is by those stripes that were laid upon his back we are healed and made whole so uh, first, let us talk about the stripes that were laid upon his back. What does the Bible mean by that when it says that with the stripes uh, you know King james says by his stripes, we were healed and uh, i and, but the, i'm reading to you from the amplified it says with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole now you know when um, when Jesus was brought before Pontius Pilate, the Bible says that uh, uh, the pontius pilate gave jesus over to the soldiers and one of the gospels says he gave him over to be scourged and this is what it means that they took jesus the soldiers took our lord jesus then they stripped him of his clothes and they stretched him out they tied him up and they the roman uh, romans had this instrument of torture which was known as a flagrum a flagrum was actually a whip uh, with a handle, and it had, uh, it had a leather handle and it had nine long um, belts of ox leather. So it was a handle with nine long belts of ox leather, and each one of these belts of, of ox leather, ox hide, had sharp, very sharp pieces of bone and very sharp pieces of iron on it, each one of those belts. And so what they did uh, is, is that this is, this is what they did to the Lord Jesus as they would do to other people who they scourged or whipped using a flagrum. What they did, they stretched him out, they tied him up and then they began to whip him. And there was, a, there was always a strong soldier. So you can think of a big burly Roman soldier. He took that flagrum and he brought it up and he whipped the Lord Jesus on his back as hard as he could and with the first cut of that whip those nine belts of ox leather they cut open his skin in nine places and those pieces of bone and the sharp pieces of bone and the sharp pieces of iron they kind of bit into his his flesh and then the soldier just he 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 pulled the flagrum out and as he pulled the the flagrum out then what happened was that pieces of skin and people pieces of flesh from his bone uh, were torn off by those pieces of sharp pieces of bone and iron and, uh, and, and from those cuts on his back those deep cuts, because those uh, that uh, those uh, belts of ox leather were designed to cut deep into the skin. His precious blood began to flow on the ground. Then the soldier took up that whip and he hit Jesus again. They would normally take three, four steps back and come running and with all their might they would they would uh, <coughs> whip the prisoner on his back. And this man he he hit Jesus again. And then it, once again, there were nine cuts on his back, deep cuts on his back as those belts of oxide tore into his back. And those sharp pieces of bone and metal, they, they kind of dug into his back. And as they, as it was torn off, the whip was torn off his back, they, they brought off pieces of, of, of uh, uh, of, uh flesh and and skin from his bones and uh, from his back and the blood began to flow and they whipped him again and then again and then again and with each cut of that whip there were nine more deep cuts on his back and more pieces of flesh and skin were torn off his back and his blood began to flow And uh, the Bible tells us, uh, we know from the scriptures, Paul mentioned it, and this is what the Romans used to do. Their standard practice was to whip people with 39 cuts of that flagrum. Now, why they did 39, why they didn't do 40 or 30 yet, I don't know that, but this is what the Romans used to do. And 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 you know that whipping was so severe that many people of normal health and build, some people used to die after six or seven or eight, ten cuts of that whip, and 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 and, and many stronger people. They, they 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 survived the whipping but they were completely uh, you know passed out but jesus you know you must remember that jesus was a carpenter he worked with timber and, and hammers and you know chisels and he was strong physically he was not a weakling he was a strong man physically so he endured that terrible beating and uh, and, and and after it he was still standing on his feet and you see they beat him so severely the way his back was torn open. Psalm 129 verse 3 the psalmist writes prophetically about the beating that the Lord Jesus would receive. It says the plowers plowed upon my back they made long their furrows. That means that Jesus was whipped so severely and the way his back was cut it says his his it was like the man who did the whipping was like a farmer plowing a field and they made deep and long furrows on his back so his back looked like a field that like a field that had been plowed by a plow and, he, and, and his precious blood flowed from his back. And there were pieces of skin and little pieces of flesh torn from his back all around him on the ground. And they, and, and they whipped him that way. And so the question is, why was Jesus whipped that way? What had he done to deserve that? Well, firstly, he had done nothing to deserve it. Because he was holy, he was righteous, he had never hurt any human being. He did only good because it says in Acts 10 38 how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost with power, and with power and he went around doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. So because God was with the Lord Jesus, Jesus healed all the people that he met, and he did good. But so if he did good, why did they whip him? Well, he they whip him because you and I were the ones who deserve to be whipped, who deserve to be beaten, to be punished like that for our sins. I was the one who should have been on that whipping post. You should have been on that whipping post. But Jesus Christ, He bore that whipping in our stead instead of you and me. He took that whipping and he took that crucifixion when he when they nailed him to the cross and he hung there for six hours in excruciating pain. Why did he hang upon the cross? Because he was bearing upon his own self, your sins and my sins. And he was taking upon his own self the punishment that rightfully should have been put upon us. But he bore, he bore it instead of us. So when Jesus was whipped at that whipping post, actually, when we talk about what Jesus did at the cross, it was when we talk about the cross, generally speaking, it includes everything from that whipping post and from carrying the cross to calvary from the place where he was whipped and when he was nailed to that cross when we talk about what Jesus did at the cross we generally talk about that whole whole sequence of events so one the first thing that happened that at that whipping post the Bible tells us what actually happened when he was whipped and this is what happened it says surely He has borne our diseases and carried our pains. And then in the end of chapter, uh, verse number five, it says, and with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. So the first thing it says that when Jesus was whipped at that whipping post by those Roman soldiers, when his back was torn up like a plowed field and his blood ran down upon the ground, (coughs) it says, surely, that means without any doubt, there's no ambiguity about it there is no doubt about it this is what happened and this is what God says happened it says surely he has borne our diseases and carried our pains now some of the translation of the bible says translations of the bible say that he bore our griefs and carried our sorrows and but um, I don't know maybe the meaning of the word grief uh, and sorrows were different at that time when they were translated than they are today. But let me tell you what the Hebrew words are. The Hebrew word for diseases, the Hebrew word used here is holy. Surely he is born our holy and carried our makov. Those are the words that are used here. And the word holy actually means diseases diseases as we know them today he bore our diseases so when Jesus was being whipped at that whipping post what God was doing God was taking all your diseases and my diseases and not only yours and my diseases but the diseases of the entire human race and that includes physical diseases and that includes mental and emotional diseases. That's very important to understand that, especially in our day and age, people are beginning to understand mental disease, that, that there is actually such a thing as mental disease and many people suffer from it. And so there are physical diseases, there's mental and emotional diseases. And Jesus, he bore all of yours. Can you imagine that one man bore upon himself the diseases, and the sicknesses, physical, mental, emotion, emotional, of seven the seven billion people who live on the earth today, and not only those, but the uh, but the human beings who have lived in the past thousands of years of human history—that's several billions more. So Jesus Christ, upon that his upon his own self, when he was whipped, he has carried as a substitute. All of our physical and mental diseases and infirmities. This is, this is mind-boggling because it says he bore our physical and mental and emotional diseases. Plus, Makob means pain. He bore our physical, mental, and emotional pain. So Jesus, when he was being whipped at that whipping post, the man who whipped him probably had no idea what he was doing to Jesus. That with each cut of the whip that he held in his hand, God was putting upon Jesus every sickness, every disease, every infirmity of every human being, including the diseases and infirmities of the man, the soldier who was whipping Jesus and the other soldiers who stood around Jesus, mocking him, spitting on him, cursing him, Jesus it says he has borne our diseases and our, scare- and our pains. And the word borne here means he bore it as our substitute. That means he bore it so that we don't have to bear it. And the word here for borne uh, in, in Isaiah says surely he has borne. The word borne is the word nasa. Nasa actually means to, uh, to, it actually describes this. The word nasa means like if you're carrying a heavy burden and someone comes to you and picks up your burden and takes it upon his own self and moves it away from you to a distance. That's what it means to carry your and my burden as a substitute. So it says surely that means without doubt. That means that it doesn't leave any room for anyone to say, well, sometimes it's not the will of God to heal people. That that cannot even enter into the discussion because of this scripture. Because it says, surely, without doubt, Jesus has borne all of our diseases and infirmities and sicknesses. And there's no room for any discussion that, well, we believe this, but there's no room for discussion for this. It says, he has borne. So it says, surely... Surely, without doubt, without an ambiguity, Jesus has borne or carried upon himself as our substitute, all of our diseases, physical and mental and emotional, and he he has carried all our pains. And then it says here that he has borne it. It is already done. It's not that he will do it tomorrow that you are waiting and I am waiting for Jesus to do it tomorrow. But he already did it for us at that whipping post 2000 years ago. He has borne our diseases and he has carried our pains and then it says because he has done it he says and with the stripes that wounded him because that was when those stripes those those that flagrum was the cuts of that flagrum upon his back with those stripes those stripes that the that the flagrum put upon his back those stripes that caused his back to look like a plowed field those stripes those stripes that wounded him when that flagrum cut up his back with those stripes we are healed and we are made whole now i I just want to say say two things here firstly uh, you go you you got to realize this that we are healed by the stripes on the back of jesus so uh, the biggest mistake mm, uh, most people make and why they are not healed is because they put their faith in somebody's anointing like some great man of god will come and he carries this he has this healing anointing and now look we should respect honor uh, god's calling and god's anointing and we should put a claim on the gift and all that i believe that but healing ultimately does not come from the hands of a man but they come from the stripes on a man, on another man's back so your healing and my healing do not come from Somebody's hands. Uh, uh, neither do they come as a result of your faith or my faith. We cannot. We cannot. Sometimes we glorify faith, you know. So when we get, we say, "Well, I had faith." No, you cannot worship faith. You cannot glorify faith. It, it is as if your faith made it happen. No, you got to look higher. You got to look higher than your faith and my faith. You got to look higher than my confession or your confession of faith. You got to lo- look higher than the than the gifts of healing of or- Upon a man, you got to look higher than the healing anointing on someone's hand, but you got to look higher to Jesus on the stripes upon his back. And when you, if you can see the stripes upon his back, and then you can say, I am healed because of those stripes. Now, if you can begin to say that, if you can begin to see that with your spirit then you're in a place where you can receive from God because it is by his stripes, by the pain and the suffering that he went through when they took that flagrum and they whipped him and his precious blood began to flow. It is by that, by those wounds, by the blood that shed, that he shed that day, that we are healed. Now, I'm the next thing I want to point out here. It says surely he has borne our diseases. That means he has already done it. And then it says we are healed and made whole. It says we have been healed by his stripes. We are healed first Peter 2 24. It says the same scripture. It says by his stripes, we have been healed. So if you notice it puts it in the past tense, because you see uh Hope always looks at the future. I know I will be healed. P- people say, Jesus bore my diseases, and I know that I will be healed because he has borne my diseases. Beloved, that is not faith that is hope <coughs> living now Hope is a good thing. Hope is a good thing because hope is better than no hope. You know why? Because most people in the world they don't even have a hope because once they receive a death sentence of disease they know they are going to die they are without hope but from from a place of no hope we come to a hope and we have a living hope and and the living hope is jesus that suddenly Uh, for this person with no hope he meets Jesus and he sees a light at the end of the tunnel and he hears testimonies of other people who have been healed so suddenly he begins to realize oh I thought I was hopeless because this disease is incurable all the papers all the articles I read everybody has said to me this is incurable get your house ready you're going to die so but now I realize that I'm not without hope there is hope because I've been to church and I met other people who Jesus is healed so I have hope I know I can be healed now that is hope because now he knows he can be healed and he begins soon he begins to see I know I will be healed but then the revelation that brings faith is a step beyond hope and that is when when your hope is transformed into faith when you begin to see uh-huh It's not that I will be healed, but the word of God says that I have been healed because it's not that Jesus will take my disease away. But the Bible says Jesus has already taken my diseases away and he has borne it upon his own self. And because he has taken it away as my substitute and he has borne it upon his own self. So I know that by his stripes, I have been healed. You see, it's the same the way in, a, in which a person receives salvation. Because when you receive salvation, um, you don't say, Well, I know one day I'll be saved. I know I'm going to be saved. I know Jesus bore my sins. One day I'm going to be saved. One day I'm going to be forgiven. You don't do that. Maybe in the beginning, but then. When you receive Jesus, then you begin, then we help people say that's assurance of salvation because you have those people who come to every altar call to get saved because they're not sure whether they are saved. But we want to help people to get from this repeated altar call stage when they get saved every time there's an altar call, when they come to a place where they say, you know what, I have been saved. Uh, but you are not perfect. Yeah, I know I'm not perfect. I know I have my faults, but I am saved. How can, how can you say you are saved? Well, the Bible says that I am saved. The Bible says that Jesus has borne my sins and I know that I have been saved and nothing and nobody can talk me out of it. You see, it works the same way that when this revelation comes to us, That we understand that my healing is not an event that's going to happen, but my healing is something that happened upon the upon that cross 2000 years ago, because just before Jesus was put up upon that cross, he was whipped and he was bruised and beaten for me and his back looked like a field that had been plowed and the way they whipped him and every each cut of the whip God was taking my diseases putting them upon Jesus and his blood flowed to the ground for me that was the day I got healed because that was the day Jesus took my place and he became my substitute and the bible points to those stripes the bible doesn't point to an event to happen tomorrow in the healing service but the Bible says, by those stripes, by his stripes, you have been healed. Hallelujah. So the blood of Jesus has healed us. The blood of Jesus has set us free. The blood of Jesus has set us completely free. His precious blood was shed for me from the wounds upon his back. And by those stripes, we have been healed. So when it comes to healings and miracles, I believe that is the greatest revelation that you and I can ever have as believers. And When I say revelation, I don't mean revelation in the pure theological sense. I mean illumination because, uh, you know, a revelation is something new, but an illumination is what revelation for me. But it's actually an illumination because it's already in the scripture. Uh, It's 2000 years old, but it's new for me and i remember the day i suddenly realized that my lord jesus how much he suffered for me because i had always been told that he was crucified and he bore my sins and i was so grateful for that believe me from the day i heard i remember the first time i read isaiah 53 I'd been a believer for a couple of days, and I remember I was reading that, and I remember the exact spot when I was sitting on the ground reading my Bible, and I, and this brother who was discipling me, he told me to read Isaiah fifty-three. And I read isaiah fifty three about the suffering servant and how he was despised and rejected of men and and you know how he suffered and how he bore my my sins, he was wounded for my transgressions, he was bruised for my iniquities and 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 I also read that part where it says he bore my griefs and carried my pain and my sorrows and you know I remember how I wept sitting there uh, i mean I was this tough guy i was a army officer. And, you know, I mean, I had seen horrible things in my life, but I just melted down and I wept and I wept and I wept because I realized what my savior had done for me, that uh, when I was despised and rejected, he was despised. You know, I suddenly saw his sufferings on my behalf because I could see what I had been through in his sufferings, what he had done for me. And I could say, oh my, he he was despised and rejected. For me, I'm the one who's rejected because of my sin, but he was rejected because of my sin. He was despised and rejected. Then I said, he bore my diseases and carried my sorrows. Uh, I mean, sorry, he bore my griefs and carried my sorrows. And I had lived through grief and sorrow my whole life. And he took that upon his own self as my substitute so that I don't have to suffer those things. And then he was wounded for my transgressions. And I cried because I thought all the way, all the times I have transgressed against the most holy God and I have sinned against him. Jesus was wounded for those transgressions. He was bruised for my guilt and iniquities. My iniquities, the terrible things I have done. He bore them his own self. And then, and then I, you know, I was so grateful for these things. But one day, it took a few years. I was reading the same scripture. I was reading another translation of the Bible where it says, He has borne my diseases and carried my pains. And suddenly it was like the lights went on. And I said, wow, not only did he bear my griefs and my sorrows, but he bore my diseases and he carried my pains 2000 years ago. So all these years I lived with disease and pains in my body. He had already borne them, and I began to thank him. I said, Jesus, I thank you that you not only bore my sins, not only you bore my rejection, my my iniquities, my transgressions. You took not only those away, but now I see that you bore even my diseases, and you bore all my infirmities and pains and by the stripes that were laid upon your back, I have been healed. And since that day, I began to, I say every day, I, with the stripes, I'm healed with the stripes. And sometimes I've struggled with sickness and disease in my own body because I live in a fallen world. You know, as you, 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 you grow older and your body isn't as strong anymore and uh, like, I'm not, I'm 66 and I'm not, I mean, I'm okay. I can travel, I can preach, but I'm nowhere close to where I was when I was in the army. So I know that, you know, it's the natural progression. But as you go through these things and there are sicknesses and diseases in this fallen world, but through that I declare, I thank you, Jesus, that by your stripes, by the stripes that were put upon your back, you I have been healed because you have borne my diseases, carried my pains. And so beloved, I want to end this by telling you the blood of Jesus has healed us, has healed us, has healed us. I look at his bruised and torn up back and I look at his blood and I declare that over your life and over my life that the wounded, bleeding Jesus, the blood that poured from his back, it has healed you and it has healed me. Oh, hallelujah. Glory be to God forevermore that through the blood of Jesus, not only are we forgiven, not only are we justified, but we are healed from every physical, every mental, every emotional disease and infirmities. And that is why with the words of our mouth, beloved, we must speak forth and confess it and say what the same thing that God says in his word. And I choose to say what God says, that by his stripes, I am healed. And I trust you will do also because that is the power of the blood of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters. Thank you for uh, your hand upon their lives. Thank you for your blessing upon him, upon each one of them. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that we have been healed from every disease and every infirmity. And Lord, we curse every disease and infirmity that may be in our bodies, in our families, and we nail them to the cross. And we declare life and health and healing over our bodies, each one of us, and over our families, Father, over our spouses, our children. If we have elderly parents or whoever, Father, is in our house, we speak life and health and life to them. And you said, Father, that you'd bless our food and water and turn every sickness away from us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you, and may the hand of the Lord be upon you.